Welcome to Subject Matter, where we help leaders navigate the tricky waters of building a company. We are shining a light on the subtleties that unlock empathetic communication, letting you build powerful relationships. I'm your host, Ben Bradbury, the founder of Astutely. Let's get started. Can empathy impact your bottom line? What is the ROI of understanding your employees' emotional states? A few years ago, these questions might have been dismissed as silly. But today, more and more leaders are seeing empathetic leadership have a profound impact on their company. In today's episode, we're breaking down the empathetic leadership that powered the remarkable resurrection of Microsoft and unpack key lessons from the book that begun the Beast of Redmond's transformation into a thriving, compassionate culture. Today, I'll be showing you the real impact empathy can have on your business's P&L. And in fact, Microsoft, one of the world's most valuable companies, used empathetic communication for just that as the catalyst of their success. But before we get there, we have to acknowledge that it hasn't always been this way. At the turn of the millennium, Microsoft was the darling of Silicon Valley. Their technology was in homes and offices around the world. But inside the company, things were far from smooth. Led by Steve Ballmer, the company was powered by a toxic culture. A cartoonist famously depicted Microsoft's organizational chart as a set of warring factions with guns pointed at each silo, trying to tear each other limb from limb. One of the people who saw this cartoon was a man by the name of Satya Nadella. Nadella had joined Microsoft in 1992, and this cartoon bothered him. It wasn't just that it was right, it was that employees simply accepted it. Fast forward 22 years to 2014. Satya Nadella has just succeeded Steve Ballmer as CEO of Microsoft. He's inherited a company culture of hostility and backstabbing, and going into his first executive meeting, there's a lot on the table. The top leaders of Microsoft file into the room. They're curious about what they're going to make of this new CEO. Now, Satya Nadella is quite different from the alpha egos that used to dominate Silicon Valley boardrooms. He's thoughtful, softly spoken, and radiates a mindful aura. Nadella starts not with an inspiring speech or plea, but by placing a copy of a book in front of every executive. That book was Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. This was Nadella's first signal that he was going to be running a very different Microsoft Today, it's clear that Nadella's empathetic leadership has worked wonders for the company. Since becoming CEO in 2014, Nadella has seen Microsoft stock go from $38 a share to, at the time of recording this episode, $214 a share. That means his leadership style has seen their stock increase by nearly six times with Microsoft's market value skyrocketing from 300 billion in 2014 to over 1 trillion in 2020. To understand how Satya Nadella pulled off this frankly miraculous turnaround, we need to start by examining the culture that he inherited. 
When he was CEO, Steve Ballmer emphasized competition, aggression, and visibility, all at the cost of teamwork, collaboration, and ultimately results. Emulating Ballmer's big and brash style, people who yelled were promoted for leadership in this increasingly aggressive echo chamber. Microsoft became a place where employees started putting their self-interest and their own careers ahead of the interests of the company and their users. Now, if you've been listening to a few episodes of Subject Matter by this point, you'll know that empathetic communication and empathetic listening starts when you stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about others and their heads and hearts. And this is the problem that Balmer didn't care at all about his employees' hearts and heads. It was this loud, ignorant approach that meant he completely missed the real emotional issues his team was facing that stopped them from performing. By the time he stepped down, Steve Ballmer had spearheaded a culture where employees felt anxious and defensive even before they showed up in the offices in the morning. Now, Sachin Adela's approach couldn't have been more different. In his autobiography, Hits Refresh, he writes that Microsoft is known for rallying the troops with competitive fire. The press loves that, but it's not me. To understand Nadella's radically different perspective, let's dig into the book he gifted all of his executives on that fateful first day, Nonviolent Communication. The author, Marshall Rosenberg, preaches empathy and compassion as the cornerstones of effective communication. And that's something that we here at Astutely believe strongly as well. So what are Marshall Rosenberg's big lessons in nonviolent communication then? First of all, choose observations over judgments. If someone says to me that I work too much, they're judging how I work. And that statement is totally subjective depending on their opinion. And honestly, it might well put me on the defensive before we've even started talking. But instead, if they approach me and say, Ben, you've spent more than 60 hours in the office this week, that is an observation. It's a fact, and it's much less likely that I'm going to interpret that negatively. If something's bothering you from a fellow coworker, then start by laying out the facts. Responding objectively with observations lets you avoid the emotional arms race that you risk plunging into if you judge someone explicitly for their actions. Second, is that when you make a request, connect the request to your specific need and state how you feel when you observe an action. So if I ask someone to unexpectedly help me with a project, they might interpret that as me trying to shift my workload onto them. The story that they're telling themselves is very different to the story that I'm telling myself in reality, which is that I actually want to learn from their subject matter expertise, but I just haven't communicated that to them. Now, instead, this time I'm going to ask someone to help me out out of the blue, but this time I'm going to follow up by saying, Look, this is a new project where I feel out of my depth, and I would appreciate learning from your expertise here as I need to complete this project by the end of the week. Now, suddenly, just by adding that final caveat, it makes it so much easier for the other person to understand me and my motivations, which is going to make it way more straightforward for us to succeed together. And third and finally, 
is to strengthen your vocabulary of feelings. We humans are emotional animals and the workplace is no exception. Rosenberg believes for that reason that it's better to describe specific emotions instead of vague ideas when we're communicating. So saying that you think something is good or bad or nice can actually prevent the listener from connecting easily with what we might actually be feeling. So instead, be intentional with describing how you feel to your team. The clearer your emotional state is articulated, the more they'll understand your motivations and the better you'll be able to work together. Imagine if you and your team not only practiced these three principles, but had an entire book to read on nonviolent communication. I think you can see just how different this approach is to the cutthroat culture that characterized Microsoft in the early 2000s. So to sum up that practical takeaway, remember, number one, choose observations over judgments. Number two, when making a request, connect it to your specific need and state how you feel when you observe an action. And number three, strengthen your vocabulary of feelings. Satya Nadella is an empathetic leader. He understands the importance of creating connection within your business and not just with customers. And this, I believe, is what motivated one of his biggest decisions as Microsoft CEO to acquire LinkedIn for $26 billion in 2016. It was this decision that gave Microsoft access to the world's largest professional network and gave Nadella himself access to one very specific relationship that we'll unpack in just a second. Nadella is a leader that's focused on creating connection, and LinkedIn has become the leading global platform for business leaders to build relationships with over 600 million users and two more joining every second. Now, an incredible way that Microsoft can give more value to their enterprise customers is by now giving them a rich professional network to create connection on and ultimately target with their products. But that's not all. You see, LinkedIn was founded by Reid Hoffman, and in 2017, after the acquisition, Hoffman joins Microsoft's board. Now, Microsoft may be doing well, but just like any company, they need fresh talent to keep on thriving. And based in Silicon Valley, top technical talent is accessed purely based on who you know. And that is why having Reid Hoffman on your team is so powerful. He is so well-connected in Silicon Valley that with one phone call, he can reach just about everybody. Remember that success as a business leader often comes down to the relationships that you build. And I believe Nadella knew exactly what Hoffman could bring to the table in acting as an ambassador for Microsoft in the Valley. People buy from people, and when a talented engineer is asked to work at Microsoft by Reid Hoffman himself, it's a completely different proposition to your average Microsoft recruiter. By choosing to acquire LinkedIn, Nadella is creating connection with Microsoft's users on a platform already rich with B2B content and connecting with one key relationship, Reid Hoffman, that could take Microsoft to even further heights. The resurrection of Microsoft shows us what can happen when you stop treating your team members as mere numbers on a sheet and start treating them as people in a room. The truth is, it doesn't matter how good your company is if your culture is broken. And indeed, two years before Steve Ballmer stepped down, Microsoft posted its first ever quarterly loss since going public. That 
is an ominous sign for leaders today. So instead, let's trade in this egotistical approach for one centered on non-violent communication. Choose observations over judgments, strengthen your vocabulary of feelings, and connect requests to your specific needs, stating how you feel when you observe an action. Building an empathetic culture was Nadella's core focus when taking over as Microsoft CEO, and it paid off. His example goes to show that leadership starts by making your team feel understood with empathy and compassion. And it's this that unlocks your ability to pursue your business goals, not just in separate silos, but together. Hey, it's Ben here. Just before you head off, one quick thing. We love connecting with our listeners. And if you've learned something today, we'd love to hear what you took away by writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five-star ratings make a big difference in helping Subject Matters message grow. And we're curious to know what you took away from today's episode, as that will help us create even more useful content for you in the future. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Subject Matter.